If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's completely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, everyone, welcome to Strictly Sports. I am Jacob Brown, joined here with CJ Yuri and Steve Cashin. We're here for, I think it's episode 15 now of Strictly Sports for season two. We're going to talk about FAU football and the NFL today. So, guys, let's just start here with FAU. They haven't played in a few weeks. Now they're going to be facing the number 22 overall Marshall this weekend on the road. This might be a little bit of a tough contest for me. Obviously, if you win this game, you know, you could look at FAU and say, wow, this is actually a legit team. You're coming off weeks of being off. You haven't had a consistent schedule and you can still beat a ranked team. But on the other side of the coin, I just don't think that's possible because of those circumstances. FAU has not been playing football. They've been off. They have a lot of people that have tested positive, so they might not even have a full roster. And they're also on the road, so they have to travel for this game. I'm not uh, familiar with if the Marshall, if Marshall has fans for this game or not. But regardless, you're still going on the road and not playing in front of your home fans. So I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer here, but it's it's not looking like the best week for FAU coming up. CJ, what are your thoughts on this weekend? Well, you know, I need to see a little bit more of the depth chart from, from FAU because they've had some guys uh, with COVID um, issues. Uh, regardless, though, FAU, Marshall, like there's that there's that conference USA rivalry, like, you know, I wouldn't say it's like a premier rivalry, but these two teams do not like each other. They've been trading games since I was in college. Now I'm out. Um, and, you know, this one's got added spice to it. Marshall's ranked number 22. They're four and O and FAU Marshall last year. Um, a couple phantom uh, flag calls uh, really helped Marshall win that game last year. And that was the difference for FAU to be ranked. They finished the season ranked number 26 and that, Marshall loss was the reason why we didn't get into the top 25. Now this year, you know, we don't have, unfortunately, we do not have um, enough playing time under our belt. We've only got one game, but I'm praying that in these weeks that um, in these weeks that we were off, I'm hoping that Taggart uh, has had Tronti working on his release and getting a little bit more of a relationship with these wide receivers um, I know the facilities were probably shut down a couple times, but regardless, these guys can go to high school fields around the corner. These guys are well-connected. They're Broward uh, athletes. I'm sure they were able to work out and, and keep it going. The defense looks good. Uh, they're going to have a couple running backs uh, available. The wide receivers will still be there. Um, this is this is Taggart's first big game for the, for the Owls. This is Taggart's first um, – okay, can I pull this off? This is this This could be – in a way, a little bit of a signature win. Now, I don't think that, like, you know, Kiffin had, I wouldn't really say that Kiffin had much of a signature win here. He had a he had two signature seasons because we won a conference championship. But in terms of signature win, the SMU win would have been a signature win, but he didn't coach in it. Yeah, so this sure. is a huge, this is a massive game uh, for FAU uh, recruiting-wise, too. Now, I know FAU is down in South Florida and Marshall's up in freaking Ohio. 
Um, but regardless, when it comes to Conference USA, a lot of these teams are looking at the same three-star recruits or look at the same fringe four-star recruits. And if Marshall wins this game, I'm sure that a couple teams below them will win. And I could see because the FAU name brings a little bit of weight with these rankings. And this is a big game for Marshall, too. They can't bottle it. If Marshall comes out and wins, there's a chance that Marshall squeaks into, um, squeaks into the teens because there's a few teams below them that will lose. So there's a lot on the line here. And the spread right now is Vegas is giving uh, Vegas is giving FAU 16 and a half. I would hammer that. I think this game is going to be way closer than that. And I'm just really hopeful that Taggart can pull it off. Yeah, I 100% agree. You know, it's going to be, to me, it's very, uh, it's hard to tell how this game's going to play out because Marshall has played four games so far this season. FAU's played one. First two weeks got canceled. We've been over this. And you played one game that looked kind of sloppy. Ended up getting the win over Charlotte 20-17. to 21-17, excuse me. And then you've had two weeks now you've been off. I'm curious to see how FAU gets off from the jump. I This game, really, you cannot show up like you did against Charlotte and being staggered out the gate. You have to go out there and really kind of make your presence felt early on, whether it's get a turnover early, make a quick three and out, score first, whatever it is. They need to have the energy from the first kickoff, the first snap of, on the offense, defensive side, because Marshall will – Ultimately, they will run you over if you don't if you come out flat. I'm looking right now at their their point totals for every game. They beat Eastern Kentucky 59 nothing game one. They beat App State a ranked App State 17 seven. Beat Western Kentucky 38 14. Louisiana Tech 35 17. So this is a team that can score a ton of points. So if you're FAU, try to run the ball. I think shorten the game a little bit, slow the tempo down for Marshall, and then then get your offense going. But this is a huge game for FAU, the program-wise. Like CJ said, uh, the last time we played a ranked opponent and one that – have we had a ranked win in the last 10 years at all? I don't think I so. I don't think so. I don't – I don't. Yeah. I actually don't know if the football team in its history has uh, de- defeated a ranked opponent. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that in our conference – our conference doesn't really get many looks at being ranked. So this is this is a game where you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, this has to be a win. And, and yeah. I know that sounds a little like, like you know, a couple like football, FA football, like, you know, Twitter accounts on there that, you know, claim to be analysts and whatnot will say like, well, no, I mean, we just got to play them hard. And, you know, no, dude, this is, you don't get a shot at a conference USA team that's ranked. You need to win. I don't care about the weeks off. If you've got your starters healthy, you're going out there and you're you're saying we're FAU football. We've been the class of this conference for a few years. We've always got the best roster. We've always got the better coaching. There's no reason why we don't go into this game and win. Yeah, and this is like this is if you're FAU, I think you look at it as like this is your Super Bowl. Whatever happens the rest of the season, if you have more COVID cancellations, what if you only end up playing two games? This is this is your game of the year, and your ranked opponent or your rival, you kind of disrespect a little bit. You're a 17-point dog, practically. I would take it as a chip on the shoulder and go, oh, you know what, we're going to go and shove it and put it in their face. And whatever happens the rest of the year, this has got to be the game where you're. this is a must-win. This could turn everything around, make the whole year for this program. And I really do believe if they get out to a strong start, they can, they're going to really put Marshall in a predicament there where they, well, these guys are really going to give it to us. So – See what happens if Toronto can come back and bounce back. I really like FAU's chances, and 
hopefully BJ Emmons is back. I don't know what his, the status of him is, but if he's back, that's a huge win for FAU to get him back on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think Emmons is uh, listed as questionable as of the moment, so he could play, could not. Obviously, if he plays, that'd be a better uh, situation for the Owls. But uh, again, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer. I just don't think you can go into this week expecting a win after you played Charlotte. The defense didn't look great, really, for most of the game. They barely scored. Tronti the defense looked wasn't awesome. really. Well, the defense for the first half didn't look great. So, I mean, it, it was it was. Well, they up still and down. they weathered the storm. They did. I mean, but again, you're facing Charlotte. So it's, it's it was the offense that I was scared about, but the defense yeah. ended up only letting up three court, three points in the second half. Yeah. So sec- second half was much better. But again, you're facing Charlotte. Now you're facing a ranked team that's been scoring every week. Like Steve said, he read out those scores. I don't know if FAU can keep up offensively with that. I'm, I, I just I don't see Tronti being a quarterback that can match that. He doesn't really have that great of an arm. Uh, he's kind of more of a running type of quarterback. So that really. Like Steve said, and like you guys have been saying, pound the ball. That's really the option for this team. Run out the clock, and you have to play 100% on defense the whole game. Uh, So, again, you guys are right. If we do win this game, I shouldn't say we. If the Owls do win this game, it's your Super Bowl. It's the game that you look at at the end of the year, and you say, that's our signature win. This is a win that we could take years ahead from now and say, look, we're a team that, A, we've won the conference two of the last three years, and, B, we can beat ranked football teams. So that's a big deal, and I hope they do win. I just I'm on the fence with it. I don't know if they will or not. So we'll see. But moving on to the NFL, there were some great games this weekend. But we're going to take a look at the standings and kind of mix it in. Talk about the games as well. So we're going to take a look at the AFC East first because there's actually some news this morning. We're recording this Tuesday afternoon around 12:30. It was just announced about an hour ago. I know CJ is ecstatic right now. Tua Tagovailoa named the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins after they come off a 24-zip win over the New York Jets. This is now two consecutive wins for the Dolphins after they beat the crap out of the 49ers the week before. I'm telling you, man, and you were right, CJ, last week, I was very doubtful when you were like, hey, the Dolphins can make the playoffs here. And I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. Now I see it. I see a window there with Buffalo losing the last two weeks. Allen doesn't look as great as he did the first few weeks. And now you look at Miami. You got Gaskin producing on offense at running back. He's a beast. You got Kasicki, two tight ends on there. Devontae Parker, defense is top five in a lot of categories. This is a legit Dolphins roster, and I think people forget before the season, you got multiple Pro Bowl-type defenders, Van Noy, Byron Jones, to mix in with guys you already had. This is a legit roster. These are not the Dolphins teams of years past. So I'm seeing that window now, C.J., you look at them, they're 3-3, three and three, Buffalo 4-2, and two, only a game back. How do you see this AFC East shaping up? And obviously, we got to talk about the Patriots, too. They're 2-3 and three and lost a game. Quite frankly, they should have beat the Denver Broncos. I get it, Drew Locke came back, but they didn't have Melvin Gordon. They still don't have Von Miller. I believe they still don't have Bradley Chubb. That's a game you theoretically should win if you're New England. And i got to be honest, they don't scare me really at all. So this AFC East, I still think Buffalo wins it but Miami's going to come close. I do think they probably make the playoffs though. Okay. So I think that the more that I look at the schedule, the more I believe that this was the plan all along. So I do not think I, I we knew Tua wasn't going to start off the bat. Right. But I think the plan for the coaching staff was let's get through this part of the schedule. Now I'm going to name it at new England versus Buffalo. At Jacksonville. Now I know that's really nothing, but in years past they've had a pretty damn good defense. But 
there's no point in sticking him in in a random week. Yeah. At Jacksonville versus Seattle, at San Francisco, get Tua through those games on the bench, and then we'll and then in the New York Jets game, hey, you know the Jets were so were awful, are absolutely awful. So now that the coaching staff says, okay. Let's blow the freaking Jets out and give Tua a drive at the end so he can taste some NFL action. Tua comes in, and I gotta tell you, like this sounds this sounds a little a little bit of, of, a, of a reach, but the first snap or the second snap, Tua drops back, and there's immediate pressure on Tua. And the, the way he steps out of the pocket and rolls around, most quarterbacks are throwing that ball away within two seconds. And he found a guy, and I know it was really like a two-yard game, but I feel like that play alone. You saw Tua was able to rotate around, no hip problem whatsoever. He had to get a quick feet, got out of the pocket, slung a pass immediately, and turned it into a positive game where he had three rushers on him, and he was in the end zone. So I feel like that was – like, I know it sounds crazy, but almost I feel like they were like, okay, you know what, we're doing it. And Fitz, he, he's been playing really good football, but he just – he can't string together a full game. Like, thank God we blew out the Jets, but – and the Jets are bad, but they gave the Jets opportunities to get back into the game because Fitz threw two interceptions and couldn't complete a pass in the second half. Um, but looking forward at the schedule, you got the Rams who got exposed to the Niners uh, and we're on a bye week. So we can prepare. We got at Arizona, which that defensive line, I don't, I, I don't really care too much about the defensive line. Like I feel like the, the Cardinals, they've got an underwhelming defense. And then after that, you get the chargers, the Broncos, the Jets, the Bengals. You could run the table there. It's possible. For sure. So if you yeah. win one of the Rams-Cardinals game, and then you beat the Chargers, the yeah. Broncos, the Jets, and the Bengals, who are all lackluster teams with young quarterbacks or Joe Flacco starting, you're in, you're, you're, I think you have eight wins going into the final four weeks of the season. So I actually really like the decision to go to Tua because I think the coaching the coaching staff right now is saying we have way too good of a defense and way too good of an O-line and way too good of a system right now for Fitz to go in and potentially screw it up. So that's my take. I still think the Bills are fav- the, the Bills are for sure the favorite to win, but you're seeing Josh Allen not string it all together right now. And he's got two weeks in a row where you looked, you were, you were like, What's going on there with Josh Allen? And yeah, only 122 passing yards against the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I think people are finally realizing with the Patriots, it's like this is probably why Brady left. You can only do so much with that lackluster offense. There's no weapons on that offense that I sit that I sit there. I'm like, okay, I need to double that guy. So. Cam Newton, they know that Cam Newton's going to want to get out of that pocket and run and use his feed. So they have, a, so they've got a linebacker spying and waiting for it. And then the Jets are obviously terrible, but I think it's right now the Dolphins and the, the Dolphins and the Bills are, are fighting for that uh, spot. And I think the Dolphins have a very good chance of making the wild card because, as you saw, the Browns are clearly not ready yet to be placed into playoff royalty. So that's my they're not an automatic bid. Passion's really high on the Dolphins, so. Yeah, I mean the, the the Dolphins are they're primed. They're, they, my dad said it yesterday. He's like, or Sunday afternoon. He's like, don't don't sleep on the Dolphins. And I haven't heard him say that because after week one, he said the Dolphins weren't for real. But <laughs> you look at the schedule that the Dolphins have played so far. And week one, you lost by ten points to the Patriots. That's week one. So, yeah, I don't know. That's not a gauging point. It's week two, you lose three points by to the Bills, and then you beat the Jags. 
lost the Seahawks 31-23, which what what do they kick, CJ? Five field goals in that game in the red zone? Yes. Against the Seahawks. So you convert a couple of those into touchdowns and you win that ball game. So the Dol- the Dolphins, I really think their their defense is flying. That D line gets good pressure. And now you got two uh, back there taking taking snaps now. So it's gonna make their offense more versatile. He's mobile and the Dolphins can score points. So they've shown spurts this year where they can go on runs, they can score three drives in a row touchdown wise. So and their schedule favors them. So I'm not counting the Dolphins out of the division. That's why I said I think they have a legitimate chance to win that division if the Bills start going sideways. They played them last week of the season, so that game could be humongous going into going into the playoff. Um, um, first week of the playoff. So here's another thing that people need to realize: the Houston Texans are awful. The Houston Texans are giving us their first round pick, and they've got a tough schedule going forward. They've got to play the Titans again. They play the Packers this week. Um, that's just – I don't. I, I see that Texans pick being a top-10 pick. And Miami's got the draft capital. And I'm not, I'm not at all entertaining the idea that the Dolphins would potentially shy away from Tua. But what you need to see from Tua like, – like you need to start Tua and show – and he needs to show the coaching staff, like, I'm the guy going forward because they can't risk screwing this up uh, any more years. I don't think two, two is going to be sensational. I, I genuinely believe, but I'm saying with all the draft capital they have, you gotta, you, you gotta just watch him do his thing. Yeah. The time is now for them to really step forward and it's, it's time for them to take the next step and, and build a team around him. If he's the, we'll see what happens the next couple of weeks when he makes a start. I think he's going to be for real. His, his deep ball is really nice. He's he, he move around the pocket. He makes the right reads about 95% of the time. So now, like CJ said, you have the capital to, to build a team around him. That Texans pick, I think, is going to be top five. I don't see them winning more than four games. So you're looking at a top five pick with a ton of talent in this draft coming up. So this Dolphins team is, is primed and set for the next few years that they can really get this right, and they can't afford to, to mess this up. So. I agree. They're in the right spot, trending the right direction, and it's going to be exciting the rest of the way out for this uh, Miami team. So it'd be fun for me to watch them how it how it all plays out. Yeah, I mean, I hear what you guys are saying with this with the rant with the uh, Dolphins, but I think you still have to look at that schedule. You can't just presume that they're going to win some of these games. You know, the Rams, Cardinals, like CJ said, come out with a split at least with those two. I, I still think they lose to the Rams. Uh, I get it; they had a bad game against the uh, against the 49ers. But they still, they're probably a better team than the Dolphins are. Uh, I think Arizona, they beat the crap out of Dallas last night. I get it. It's Dallas. But Kyler Murray's a really talented quarterback. He has more experience than Tua does. He has DeAndre Hopkins. He's got Kenyon Drake. So you can't just walk into the Arizona game and think that that's going to be a win. The Chargers, too. They have Herbert. They have Keenan Allen. They have Eckler. They have a great defense. Even though they're not winning a lot of games, the Chargers still have a good roster. So you can't just walk into the Charger game and say, yeah, we're definitely going to win that game. The Broncos, they have Drew Locke back. You're going to win the Jet game. You're going to win the Bengal game. Uh, the Chiefs, you're going to lose. You're going to face the Patriots, probably going to win. Raiders on the fence. Are you going to beat them? Maybe, maybe not. Derek Carr's a great quarterback. Not top 10, but he's still top 15. He can still sling it. And then you have the Bills final week. You lost to them the first time. So you can't, just like with the Browns, and you can't say that they're going to necessarily make the playoffs, you can't look at the Dolphins and say they're going to make the playoffs just because they had a great week against the Jets and beat the 49ers. So 
It's still an inexperienced quarterback. We need to see Tua get in here. Now, if he has a great week this week, plays the Rams well, I'll be all on the train. But you're talking about a 24-zip win against the Jets and a win against the 49ers when they're almost their whole fucking roster is injured. So give me a little more time on the Dolphins. I think they're trending up, but they're not necessarily there yet. And you look at the Bills, same thing. You can't just look at them and say that they're definitely going to win the division. But with the way that their record is right now, they're 4-2. and two. They're going to win this week. That's five and two. They're playing the Jets. Then they get the Patriots. That's six and two. Seattle's probably a loss six and three. They'll probably beat Arizona seven and three, beat Chargers eight and three. Then the Niners, that could go either way. Then they get the Steelers, Broncos, Patriots, Dolphins. So I think with the way that their record is right now, I just think that as the season goes on, now that they have the advantage starting right now, they're a game up. I just don't think they lose enough games to lose the division. And then the Dolphins are going to have to compete for a wild card, which is going to be mixed between a lot of teams. So it's still not over. Um, So, you know, now that we're talking about the wild card, we're probably going to have to look at the other divisions. So you look at the AFC North, Pittsburgh Steelers, 5-0. They beat the Browns. And this is what we're talking about with the Browns. I was very high on the Browns last week. They beat Dallas. But you look at Baker Mayfield. He faces a legit defense for the first time. He's bad. And you look at this Cleveland Browns team. They're probably going to be getting rid of Baker Mayfield. There's no way in my mind that you keep him for the future. He is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Well, I I guess I shouldn't go that far. He's not a starting quarterback on a playoff team. That's what he's not. So I think the Browns, they're going to be looking for someone else. I still think, though, you start your season four and two. Now you get the Raiders, you get the Texans, you get the Eagles, then the Jags. They could be going four and oh in the next four weeks. So, again, you look at where these records are. I look at the Dolphins and say, you're a game behind everyone else. You're going to have to make up ground. Uh, you look at Cleveland there. Then you look at Baltimore. They almost lost this weekend. Obviously, they're going to make the playoffs. They barely took that win from Philadelphia. Carson Wentz battled back at the end. Uh, so let's talk about that Pittsburgh-Cleveland game. Do you think the Steelers are going to win this division now at 5-0, and Ravens 5-1? and um, I'm going to still say the Ravens win this division, but I think okay. that the only two playoff teams that – I think that – you're going to see the Steelers and the um, and the Ravens for sure get into the playoffs. I'm just not sold on this Browns team. They've got to play the Steelers again. Mm-hmm. They've got to play the Ravens again. Mm-hmm. They didn't particularly play those Bengals teams that well. AFC North football. These teams trade games. They're like like even last year, the freaking Browns traded with the Steelers. The Steelers had an awesome defense last year. The Browns traded with the Ravens last year. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? It's you right. never know. And, and I just feel like I just feel like Baker is going to always get, going forward. is going to give you like there's going to be like four more games this season where you're like, what the hell, Baker? And at that point, you don't, you're not giving yourself a whole lot of leeway to, 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 to lose. If they were if Baker has a couple more of those games, you're like, we've got to basically go 10 and six. So not really sold on the Browns, but I think the class of that division and i think the class of that division will probably always be steelers and the ravens those organizations those franchises have always had the Bengals and the browns number they don't they they don't ever like get blown out by those teams and if they ever lose it's a fluke win so that that's on me i i, I think the ravens win the division but the steelers will obviously be there yeah i mean it, it's too close for me to tell right now i like the way the steelers are playing they're they're I don't know, they they have their mindset. They just they find a way to win every every week. 
whatever it's it doesn't have to be pretty they just find a way their defense makes the stops big ben finds his guys and they they they, they score in the right times but I, i'm gonna look at this browns team and i i said it their day i think they're gonna go eight and eight look at their schedule so far the two teams they've actually played that have talent and can really and really play with you they've gotten their shit pumped 38 to six week one against the ravens and 38 seven this past sunday yeah. Everywhere else in between, they squeaked out a win against the Bengals, 35-30. And then you look at they played the Redskins and the Cowboys. Colts, I'll give them that one. But we saw the Colts last week, and they had their struggles with the Bengals. So I really don't know what to, to think about Indianapolis right now, but I, I'm just really not sold on Cleveland. I think Baker Mayfield's an average quarterback at best, like you said, Jacob. He's a starting quarterback somewhere along, let's say, like the Jets or somewhere that were talent isn't quite there and he can lead that team but he's not he's not gonna be the guy where i'm gonna be like hey you're my leader going into a divisional playoff game right. i just want to trust him he i don't think he makes the right reads even against that in that colts game he made some very suspect throws where he had odell open he had landry open and he he's overthrowing him or he's throwing it behind his receivers and almost getting him killed but against the mediocre teams he's looking like a, like a world beater I'm just not sold on them. We'll see what their schedule is favorable. And I think they can get some wins throughout there, but I don't, the Texans game isn't a guaranteed win that that team can still score points. They just lost the Titans by what Barely. was it? Uh, in, in overtime. And they, they, right. they screwed up and, and went for two instead of kicking that extra point. So that's not a guaranteed win. The Raiders isn't a guaranteed win. So there's a lot of work for that Cleveland team to really get to where they want to be. I just think that's that team is going to end up being 500 when it's all said and done. Yeah, hey, I mean, Houston doesn't need Bill O'Brien to make bad coaching decisions. It seems like it's just the Texans at that point. But, hey, Deshaun Watson's Deshaun Watson, so you can't just walk into a, a game against him and say, yeah, we're going to – he's a top-five quarterback, bottom line, and, and he's showing that this year without Hopkins. But, you know, so I'm getting to the point, though, where everyone's like, oh, he doesn't have Hopkins. That's why they're 1-5. and five. No, it's really because their defense is terrible. He still has Cooks and Cobb and – and Fuller. Fuller's been having an amazing year. He's on my fantasy team. He gets me 20 points a week. He's on my bench because I'm five and one in both of my leagues. Um, but uh, the, the, the AFC South came up a few times in this conversation when the Browns beat the Colts. And that was when last week I was like, okay, maybe the Browns are legit because the Colts have the number one defense in every category. But then, like you just said, they struggle with the Bengals. So let's talk about the AFC South now. I think the Titans are the division winner. And, uh, you look at the Colts, I just think they're limited. Uh, I think Phillip Rivers, he's not going to be the guy that's going to put up 400 yards with four touchdowns and all that. He's going to be a guy that's kind of a dip and dunk guy, system quarterback. He's going to get you 200 yards, you know, 65% completion. He's, he, before the game, I think he was uh, 75% completion percentage. So that's what I mean. Dip and dunk guy, four-yard passes, seven-yard passes, slant routes. He's not a guy that's going to be airing out the ball. Tannehill's going to be that guy. And to be quite honest with you, I saw a stat the other day, and I don't know what the specific stat is, but it was on outkick.com. Clay Travis posted it. And take that from what you will. Clay Travis is a Titans fan. But Ryan Tannehill has a bunch of stats that are right there with Patrick Mahomes. So we can't overlook Tannehill at this point. He's been absolutely incredible with this Tennessee Titans team. So – I look at the Titans. I think they're honestly going to run away with the division. They do still have to play the Colts. I think those two teams will split those games. But again, 
Colts are too limited because I get it. Their defense is great, but they've been struggling. They struggled against the two Ohio teams. You probably should have done better against the Bengals, knock on down 21 nothing or 24 to 3, whatever it was. So what do you guys think about this AFC South division? Um, I had said on our prediction show uh, before the season that I had the Titans actually in the um, the AFC championship game. Uh, I think they're going to do it. I think that this Titans team is legit. I actually think this Titans team is good enough to win a Super Bowl uh, tomorrow. Seriously. Derrick Henry is way faster than people realize. He reached 21.8 miles per hour on Sunday. And, and people are sitting here trying oh to say, like, God. oh, you know, he's just a power back. He's kind of slow. Dude, the guy's moving way faster than you realize. Tannehill is playing unbelievable football. I'm so happy for that guy. I had the privilege to sit behind him at the NFL award show, the, the honor show, and he won comeback player of the year. And now this year he's he's getting MVP nods. And rightfully so. The guy's playing unbelievable football. They love playing for Mike Vrabel. The defense is good enough. Dude, I got the I think the Titans can go far. And if you're the Chiefs, man, you're not looking right now, you're not saying, okay, we got it. We have to be well equipped for the Ravens. Okay, we have to be well equipped for the Steelers. We need to be well equipped for whoever else. I think you're sitting there saying, we need to make sure that we're going to be able to beat this Titans team come the playoffs. Now, I don't know what the seeding is going to look like, but the Titans are good enough to beat literally anybody in this league, including the Seahawks, including the Packers. I don't even want to talk about the rest of the teams in that division. <laughs> I really believe the Titans are just that <laughs> good. And on top yeah. of that, dude, the only thing I'll say outside of, of the Titans in this division is thank you for the Texans for that draft pick. What an awful move. Thank you, Bill O'Brien. And the Colts, you need to make a decision going forward in this draft. Are you going to trade up for, for one of these quarterback prospects? Because Bill Rivers is not good. And I think their backup is Easton Stick, which – It's, uh, it's Jacob Eason, yeah. It's Jacob, Jacob Eason, there you go. Yeah. So, oh, dude. I mean, he's he's one of those fringe QB prospects where, you know, you pick him up in the fourth round, he's a young guy, and you hope he does well one day. They need a legit guy, though. So it, I completely agree with you because that's the only thing setting them apart because they have Jonathan Taylor. They've got Pittman. They got T.Y. They have three tight ends. They've got the and the number one defense. Linebackers are great. Just get a quarterback. That's all they need. But as yeah, I was saying with that, that's literally you, you would think that Rivers would be good enough behind this O-line with this run game. O-line, too. An yeah. Average receiving core and a damn good defense. You would think this, you would think the Colts would be. One or one loss, two loss right now, but Rivers just Rivers has lost it, man. Yeah, and, and I was just mentioning that Tannehill Mahomes comparison. Here, here are the stats. This is insane. So this was six days ago before this week. So last 14 starts for Tannehill and Mahomes. Their records are the same, 11 and 3. Passing yards, 3,602 for Tannehill, 3,674 for Mahomes. So so close there. Touchdowns to picks, 31 touchdowns, six picks Tannehill, 28 touchdowns, six picks for Mahomes. So three more touchdown passes for Tannehill. And then QBR, 116.7 for Tannehill, 102.3 for Mahomes. That's every category, every major category quarterback. Tannehill's better than Mahomes. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. Like, I, I was never – Brian uh, Tannehill, I was never really a big believer in, to be honest with you. Like, I just thought he was just kind of like, he just got the job done for the Titans and just yeah. distributes the ball around, makes his completions. But after watching their 5-0 and now, he's, he's 
doing a pretty damn good job. He's, he's finding the right guys, making the right reads. He evades the pocket, rolls out, and takes what's there. And then Derrick Henry is doing his thing like he did last year. He, the time. Yeah, got you. And Derrick Henry's doing his thing. He's rolling. When you get that guy moving five yards in front of him, if you're trying to tackle him and he has three, four yards of space, good luck tackling. He's like a fucking wrecking ball. And he is unstoppable. You can't – I think he's the X factor for that Titans team to go above and beyond if he's still producing. But the Titans are probably the most boring 5-0 and team, in my opinion. They just find a way to win. Early on in the season, they were – Well, I would say the, the, the biggest thing with um... – with Tannehill is that he is he he finally towards like once he got to Tennessee I don't know what the coaching staff did but he started to eliminate the questionable throws now in Miami he would make some throws where we were in the game and then you were like you just ruined the game what was that and now granted he never had an o-line and in the in Tennessee he's got an o-line so a lot of it is the fact that he's got time to make to get through his reads um He's now not making those crucial mistakes and he's making a lot of plays on the ground and he's making a lot of plays to the air. And Derrick Henry is like the perfect running back for Ryan Tannehill. Um, They can give Derrick Henry a full load every single game. So look, I think the Tennessee Titans are very well good enough to legitimately be in the Super Bowl this year. I think they're in prime position. Go get another receiver or some other weapon for Tannehill because that's the only thing I look at that team and I say maybe that's lacking because you have A.J. Brown and Corey Davis and it's like maybe you can go out and get someone at a little bit of a higher level or maybe at the same level so you I have an extra target. Like a, like a defensive back. Yeah, I was yeah. saying the same thing because what scares me the Titans is what happened this past week <laughs> against the Texans. Uh, obviously the Texans have – they can score on offense and they can move the ball, but – what worries me with them is what happened last year against the Chiefs. They ran to a high-powered offense, and they couldn't get the stops. They were they were hanging with them in the first half, and then all of a sudden there's a breakdown in the secondary. They led up the big plays. So I think the Titans, I think you got you can lock down and get a defensive back and get someone that can be a game-changer on the defensive side of the ball. Then we're talking about Tennessee really being a team that could scare teams, like the Chiefs were – if you can hold the Chiefs to 20 points in a game like the Raiders did, that's when you get them in trouble. And, and Mahomes can't run around and make those big plays. So for Tennessee, I think it's getting a, a big key on that defensive side if they want to really get to the final the final game of the year, Super Bowl, get to Tampa, and bring it home. So that would be my X factor for them. And, and you just mentioned the Raiders, and I was going to get to them right now because that will finish out our AFC talk. They're right in the thick of the – we have to be fair. They're three and two. They're right in the thick of things in that wild card. It's really for the wild card, Las Vegas, Indy. Uh, well, right now, at least, you know, all three AFC North teams and then Miami and New England. So we have to give fairness to uh, Las Vegas here. It's weird to still say uh, Las Vegas, even though, you know, uh, they've been there for a few weeks now. But their schedule, not looking too hot. They get the Bucks this week on Sunday Night Football. Then they get Cleveland, then Chargers, Broncos, Chiefs. Atlanta Jets, Colts, Chargers, Dolphins, Bronx. So there's some games that, I mean, you cannot rule out the Raiders. And honestly, I regret before the season automatically saying they were going to be a fourth-place team. I regret that because in the back of my head, I'm thinking, what separates them from even the Broncos and the Chargers? Because you look at that offense and you say, Derek Carr's a top-15 quarterback. Josh Jacobs is a really high-caliber running back. 
you have Henry Ruggs, you have other receivers, you have Darren Waller at tight end. Their defense has been upgraded the last few years via draft. So this is actually a legit football team. You got to give credit where credit's due here. Do you, I don't think they make the playoffs, but they're going to be a thorn in team sides. Yeah, I think every year it's almost like a broken record for, for the Raiders of the last couple of years where they start off really good. They have some quality wins so far this year. Played the Saints really well. The, the defense bared down that game, kept Drew Brees in, made him make some tight throws, put pressure on him. Same thing happened against Kansas City. They made Mahomes scramble, even though Mahomes is, is one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback when it comes to moving out of the pocket and making throws and making things happen. But they did what they had to do to win those two signature games so far on their schedule. So I don't think they make the playoffs, but I think they do. They keep games tight. Uh, I just don't – I'm not 100% there with them. On With Carr, I think he's very up and down, inconsistent. He has a great game, and then he comes back and will have – the next week we'll throw two picks and look completely lost. But – that offense is – if they start getting in sync, I think they can really be a pain for teams and, and really string some wins together here. But that defense is also inconsistent. I think they just got to get in sync as a team, as a whole. And we'll see what happens this week against Tampa. If they can come out and really move the ball, it, it'll be it'll be a shootout, I think. But I'm just not 100% sold on, on the Vegas Raiders yet. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, just to give a quick thought on that um... – I think you saw what the team is capable of, which is coming out and smashing the Chiefs in the mouth and, and thoroughly beating the Chiefs. And then you and then um, they had a didn't didn't they uh, win against the Saints too? Yeah, um, thirty four. They thoroughly to beat down the Saints. Um, and then the Patriots come in and didn't they lose to the Pats? Right, 36, 36, 20, They lost that game. Yeah, then they get beat down by the Pats. So yeah, they're a little inconsistent. They prove they're like one of those teams that gets up for the big games, but the ones that they probably are favored in, they're 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 just not getting that success. So once they find that success, I mean, I, they're a team that you got to look for in that extra what wild card spot, um, or even just a normal wild card spot. You know, we forget now that there's two buys. I think this year, and like I don't know how that works, but I know that there's an extra wild card spot. So. Uh, they'll definitely be there at the end. I mean, I, I like the Gruden car connection that they have. Um, and they're finally starting to get Henry Ruggs like really active and he can take the top off a of defense. And then you will be left with acres of space in between the safety and the linebackers. And you'll see guys like Waller, um, God, what's it? Hunter Renfro. Uh, or there's a, is his name Hunter Renfro? I know it's Renfro. Yeah, it's Hunter Renfro. Yeah, Hunter, Hunter Renfro. Renfro. Yeah, Hunter Renfro will get in between those. And then you'll see Carr, Carr doesn't really miss those strikes. He's a very accurate passer between 15, 20 yards. So um, I like the Raiders going forward, but I do need to see them like thoroughly beat one of those teams that they're favored in. Yeah, yeah I told when, Yeah. When they get real quick thought to wrap it up on this one, but uh, with the Raiders, I think what happens with them is John Gruden really likes to fall in love with the run. A lot the losses they've had so far this year to the Bills and the Patriots back-to-back weeks. I think Gruden falls in love with the run game way too much with Josh Jacobs, and he goes, "I'm going to rely heavily on him. We're going to this is how we're going to win this game." The games where they've come out and really ambush teams like the Chiefs and the Saints, they're distributing they're distributing the ball to Waller, Rugs, Jacobs is catching the ball in the backfield. They're, they're giving all their playmakers the, the, the football, and that's when they beat teams. It's hard to really pinpoint one guy, and they're not one-dimensional. But the games they have lost, one-dimensional on the run on the running game, and teams will just sit on that, and then they fall behind early. 
and it's hard for the Raiders to catch up to teams when they fall behind by two touchdowns. And that's not their, their, their key success. Their, their, their winning formula is getting ahead, giving everyone the football. And that's how they've won so far three games uh, in this season. So they got to keep doing that. If they want to be successful and maybe make a playoff push here. Absolutely. And we'll move on to the NFC now. And uh, I guess we'll start with the worst division, the NFC East. And the Dallas Cowboys are currently leading it at two and four Eagles behind them at one, four and one. And then my Giants one and five and the Washington football team one and five. So you look at it the way this is going. Dallas is probably going to win the division. They're not going to do it impressively. Uh, That's all I really have to say. I mean, they got blown out by an Arizona team, which and here's the the one thing you can talk about is Mike McCarthy's being exposed. This is exactly what I said last week. Can you trust him to coach a team with a quarterback that's not going to get you 400-something yards? He had Rodgers to do that for him in Green Bay. He had Dak to do it for him in Dallas. And now that he has Andy Dalton, who you know can't sling it, and I get it. You you see Colin Coward out there saying, oh, through X amount of games, Dalton and Dak had the same stat. Give me a break, okay? Dak Prescott's a better quarterback than Andy Dalton all day. So Mike McCarthy loses that, and immediately the the Cowboys look pedestrian on offense, even though they still have Zeke. They still have three receivers. They still have a tight end. Dallas is not impressive. Their defense sucks. It's going to be the worst team in the NFC in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah I think I, – I just think they're going to be the team that ultimately wins. I was looking at their schedule uh, here, and I, I really see them going – I think this, I think seven or nine wins that division. It's pain. It's, it hurts to say that because that – that's going to be a team that's going to take a, a team's playoff spot ultimately at the end of the day. So you're going to see a team on the cusp of, of, of a wild that's going to miss a wild card spot that could potentially be nine and seven, ten and six, maybe. We'll see. But this it's a bad football team. Their defense really gets torched at times. And I don't know. Andy Dalton isn't the guy that's going to score, get you 40 points in a game. And, and you're not going to outlast teams like the Cardinals last night, put up 38 points. I don't see them winning a shootout 42-38 with Andy Dalton. Just no. Their offensive line is bad. He was getting demolished last night. There was one play I think I watched where the safe, the free safety comes in, no one picks him up, and he gets blown up. If that offensive line doesn't get any better, he's going to have a long rest of the season, and he might get hurt himself. So a lot of things for that Cowboys team to, to adjust. Zeke looked terrible last night. He fumbled, I believe it was twice. Just very careless with the football. And those things cannot happen if the Cowboys have any thought of winning seven games and winning the division, because those are things you can't have happen for this team to, to be successful. And that's one thing with Zeke. You can tell when he just doesn't care. Uh, there's some games where he's just, I'm not here right now. I'm not in it. That one of those games is last night. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, I was a bit surprised at Zeke and his ball security last night, especially when, Going into the game, no Dak, you know, as when you're Ezekiel Elliott, you got to go, you got to be in practice and you got to go into the game. And you, you've got this, you, you know that the offense is going to revolve around you and it's going to go as far as you take them. And this is your time to actually show the Dallas Cowboys that you're worth every penny and that you're, that you're a Derrick Henry running back that can actually shoulder the offense. And Zeke didn't do that last night. Um, I don't, I don't like the Cowboys whatsoever going forward. I, I think that this game sucks the, any air out of Dallas that they, that they may have had going forward. Now, I still know they have a one-game uh, lead in the playoffs, 
but they're just not good whatsoever. You're the Cowboys. There's a lot of pressure. I'm sure they've got a few more uh, primetime games uh, scheduled. I don't see it. I'm going to take the Eagles to win this division going oh, forward. Man. I think the, I think Wentz and the Eagles have a bit more structure and stability. Um, I think that, that time might come in handy. <laughs> yeah, I think Wentz is is actually um, going to start heating up a little bit more. I'm not a, I'm not a Wentz believer, but in this division, I mean. Hold on, hey, wait, 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 wait a second. I, 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 I genuinely believe that the, the winner of this division will be seven and nine, six and ten. I agree so. with you there. I just want to get this out there. Adiel thinks that Nick Foles is better than Carson Wentz. He, try, he tries to tell me I'm a Wentz lover. I am not a Wentz lover. He's just better than Nick Foles. Can we at least say that? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess he's better, but I don't think that there's this gigantic gap. I mean, I do. I mean, Nick Wentz is a better arm. He's more mobile. He's bigger. He's stronger. Yeah, but who wins more football games? But I think but when Nick you look Cole, at that, I mean, though, he's the, tucked in Jacksonville. But the Bears have he was, a really he didn't good play in Jacksonville. He played. He he got injured. He he was. They they had a lead on the Chiefs at halftime, and then he got injured. I don't. I, don't know, I think Wentz is a better quarterback. But I'm just not going to sit here and say that there's this gap. There's this massive gap between Foles wins football games. Yeah, he does. And I think because the Bears have a good defense, too, they put him in a good position to win football games, and he makes the right plays, doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. But Wentz, I think he's a, he's a, he can make plays. He can, he can use his feet and scramble, get first downs, whatever. But I like CJ said, I don't think there's this massive like disparity between the two quarterbacks. I just think one right now has a better defense and puts himself in a better chance to, to put his team in the win column right now. I mean, I just think if you put Wentz on the Bears right now, you'd be saying they could win a Super Bowl. That, like, yeah. right now, I don't think you say, oh, Foles and the Bears can win a Super Bowl. That's what I think the difference is. Even though, yes, Foles took the Eagles and won a Super Bowl, but Wentz got them there. He he played the entire regular season and tore his ACL in the final game. So I think if Wentz was there, they would have done the same thing. So, uh, But I guess we can talk about the NFC North now because Foles' Bears are on top over the Packers because the Packers lost to the Bucks. So I look at this game and I say this, Aaron Rodgers loses every game that is important in the last few years. The only playoff team he can really beat is the Dallas Cowboys. That's not saying much because they haven't been to an NFC championship game since 1995. The Packers did beat the Seahawks last year in the playoffs. That's my bad. That's totally, (laughs) that's totally my (laughs) bad. So, uh, Okay, so he he wins sometimes. Obviously, he's a good quarterback. He's top ten, probably top five, top three even. So the thing is, he last year against San Francisco against a good defense, they lose. This year against Tampa, good defense, they lose. Tampa's top five in every category. They were second against the run going into the game. That's probably the same case now. And you look at the Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. They have Aaron Jones. They have Devontae Adams, and what else? You know, there was there were these people out there after they went four and zero, five and zero, whatever it was, four and zero, and they were like, "Oh, I don't see a flaw in this Packers team." Are you kidding me? This team got outgained last year, and they lost their two best tackling linebackers. They're gone. So this defense to me is not that impressive. They gave up thirty eight points to the Bucks. Now the Bucks are a great offensive team. They have a lot of weapons. They were a little banged up. Mike Evans isn't one hundred percent. They don't have Goblin. They don't have Fournette right now. So this Bucks team isn't exactly a lethal offense right now. I think they will be. They're not considered lethal right now. 
So I think this Packers defense is shaky. Rodgers lately, at least. Yes, he beat Seattle. But again, remember that Seattle game too. Russell Wilson had an injured Seahawks team. That was not the Seahawks team that Russell Wilson thought he'd be going into the playoffs with. If that was the full squad Seahawks, Rodgers was going down, I'm telling you. So I think when he and, – and Colin Coward, I think, said it best. He said – Tom Brady is a baller. Aaron Rodgers is a baller. And I think that's kind of the accurate representation right now. And I I would even argue, you look at Big Ben, and and I was thinking about this uh, during the game last week. Big Ben doesn't exactly have a lot of weapons, does he? He's got James Conner. He's got Juju. And then a bunch of kind of guys, right? I mean, that's kind of what Aaron Rodgers has. He has Valdez, Scantling. He's got some other guy. But he doesn't have superstar. That's the same thing with Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. And somehow Ben's winning more games. And by the way, Ben has more Super Bowls than Rodgers. So I think Rodgers is a little bit overrated. People have to chill out on the Packers. They're second place now. They might not even win this division. Maybe I'm going a little too hard, but I just don't see them being a – do you go in the playoffs saying, oh, my God, we're facing the Packers? I just – I think in this game Sunday – everyone I think needs to pump the brakes a little bit because Rodgers even said after the game, he goes, I think we really needed this, this loss because they're four. No, everyone was riding them. Hey, they're the best team in the league, best team in the NFC at the least. And they kind of got pushed around a little bit. The offensive line was non-existent. And I think not of people were giving credit to the Bucks defense or being, they were fast in that game. And I just think the Bucks defense really won that game for Tampa. I don't think it was so much the offense, just dominating. I just think that defense overwhelmed the Packers offensive line and didn't give Rodgers much help because every time he dropped back, I feel like it was Devin White, Levante Dave was in his face. He was getting, I think he got hit, knocked down 13, 14 times, got sacked five. But I just think it's one game. You're going to see Aaron Rodgers bounce back. I don't, I don't think it's fair to say he's a fraud or he just bails on, on, on in big games. I just think it was just, they got overmatched in one game, one matchup, but long way to go. It's, it's a, it's a learning lesson for this Packers team and they're going to be just fine. They're going to be a team that goes, I think 11 and five and might be the one seed in the NFC. So I think people need to calm down a little bit. We'll see what happens next week. I don't know who they play next week, but uh, I just think Aaron Rodgers, he'll be Texans next week. So I think they'll, they'll come back. They'll beat them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just don't think it's fair to say as of right now, after one game, that the Packers aren't a good team. Where they're no. I'm not one saying they're not a good team. I'm just yeah, saying no, they're not. Like, yeah. Yeah, in the playoffs, I don't think they're. It's not. I don't think it's fair to say that they're going to be not a threat, or I'm not going to be worried about them because they will make adjustments. They'll they'll bounce back and they'll get back on track. But that that game does concern you if you're a Packers fan with the offensive line. How after that first ten point, that ten point lead after that. There was nothing there after that. I don't think they got to the Bucks side of of midfield of their ter- their territory after uh, that first quarter. So there's some things food for thought there for later. Well, uh, I think the clear best team in the NFC, and I think potentially even the league, the Seattle Seahawks, um, they're unbelievable. Uh, but when it comes to the Green Bay Packers, look, I mean, Aaron Rodgers got outdueled, outclassed. Out, I, mean, I would say the Packers. Coaching staff got outcoached. Aaron Rodgers looked awful uh, on Sunday. And that was like the worst I think I've seen him my whole life, maybe. Honestly, that was just awful, awful, awful. Um, But I got to tell you, dude, this Packers team is still really good. I mean, like 
the offense is still going. They, they, the the O-lines looked pretty good this year. Uh, I, I like what I see with Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is playing great football. Uh, Devontae Adams. You're going to have a healthy Devontae Adams going forward. You'll have a healthy Aaron Jones. You'll have Aaron Rodgers going. Look, maybe they needed this loss to humble them a little bit. I still got the Packers as my, uh, as, at the very least, the top three team in the NFC right now. Uh, I wouldn't say the Bears are a top three team right now. They've got an unbelievable defense, but I still, they're a team that if they go to the playoffs, I don't know if I can believe in them. Uh, I like right now uh, as my top three, probably Seattle, Tampa Bay, then Green Bay, just because Tampa Bay would probably leave the Green Bay after beating them. Um, but regardless, if the, if the Packers secure at least one home game, I don't see many teams that would be facing them uh, in terms of seeding going to Lambeau and, and getting a win against Aaron Rodgers in January. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, I still like the Packers to get – to round two, if not potentially round three, I still think the class of this NFC is the Seattle Seahawks, and you know that that that's that's at least how I can how I'll put it. Uh, I'm not ready to sit here and say the wheels are falling off. Aaron Rodgers has still had an unbelievable season through five games, so uh, I still like the um, Green Bay Packers to secure at least one home game. Sorry, secure one home game and uh, and win that. So. No, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I don't want to misconstrue what I was trying to say. I wasn't trying to say the Packers are a bad team. I'm just saying what's changed from last year. I mean, they've actually lost – you could argue they've lost pieces since last year because, again, they lost their two linebackers, blah, blah, blah. But it's like when we went into this season, everyone was like, Packers did nothing to add. Uh, Packers got humiliated in the playoff. I just don't see what's changed based on a 4-1 and start and then the first time they face an effective defense – they go down hard. So I think what's really going to prove what this Packer team can do is when they face Chicago, because that's the first legit defense. Actually, when they go on the road to Indy, I want to see them those two weeks in a row when they face Indy and then Chicago at home. And then they're, of course they're going to face Packers, uh, the bears again in the final week of the season, which can end up being a huge game. So those are the games I want to see play the good defenses. Show me you can beat them. And not every time you go in, I mean, these aren't just losses. These are bad losses. They got blown out by San Francisco twice. So it's just, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. I'm not, I just don't see them as a Super Bowl. I'm with you, CJ. Maybe they get a second round win. I could see them winning a first round game. You know, you get a wild card team. They'll beat the wild card teams. But once you get to those upper echelon of the NFC, I just don't see them standing a chance. So we'll go to the NFC South. Are the Bucks division champs now? I think so. Or looking to be I, that. Yeah, I, I would say that they're favorites going forward, but I, you just can't count out the Saints team. I mean, yeah. the Saints, the Saints team out. can yeah. turn it on at, at any moment. I mean, I had the Saints going like probably to the NFC Championship game before the season. They could still very well do that. Uh, they're going to get Michael Thomas back going forward, and then maybe the offense starts to really click again. Um, I would say that the Bucks are favored to win the division going forward. I'm just never going to count out the Saints. My Falcons pick was horrible. Say that on on the pod. Awful pick, probably my worst ever. While on this show, Adiel, you got me here. Uh, the Tom Tom Brady and Tampa Bay Bucks are looking way better. Uh, when I was telling Adiel over text uh, before we got on the show, Tom Brady and the Bucks. Tom Brady will always have the Bucks right there, either winning or within striking distance, as long as the coaching staff can eliminate the coaching mistakes and the special teams flags that they were getting against the Bears. Just just like awful 
flags that Tom Brady didn't experience over in, in Patriots at the Patriots. And that was probably because of a little bit of coaching and just an undisciplined roster all around. And I think that Tom Brady, you never know what goes on in the locker rooms and, and everything, but I'm sure after that bears loss, Tom Brady was looking at everybody and saying, we didn't lose because the other team was technically better than us. We lost because we imploded. And going forward, if Tom Brady can get this team to be disciplined, they're going to be a force. And um, I do like the Saints to be there with them at, towards the last three weeks of the season as to who's going to win the division because Michael Thomas comes back. But uh, obviously the Bucs are going to make the playoffs. Uh, I was wrong here. Um, I mean, I know it's still early, but I was pretty wrong. And I do think the Bucs can win this division and get a home game home game or two uh in the in the uh in the playoffs so that's uh that's that uh i do want to shout out uh trey hendrickson fau owl leads the saints and sacks he looks like a force and i think he's going to be one of the first fau players that's actually going to get a payday uh i think that he's he's got a contract coming up here that he's going to have to sign i can see other teams bidding for him like uh, like the uh, like teams like the Dolphins who are actually going to need an edge rusher going forward after the season. I think they're going to want to add to that. Um, I could see the chiefs wanting to add to that D line and get it and get an edge rusher. Trey Hendrickson's going to be right there on everybody's list. So good for him. He's going to get paid. Uh, the saints are going to want to keep him there. Um, so that's the NFC South for me. I, I like the Carolina Panthers to also be there at the end of the year for a wild card spot. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. That's, that's bold. I, I, I agree, and it's going to be the NFC South is it's always one of those divisions where it's uh, it, it's tighter than people always think. Like this year, we I think a lot of people rode off the Panthers, and they've surprised me so far. Three and three, they're still hanging around. Uh, the next three weeks are going to be really telling for this division, I believe, because now you you got the Panthers and Saints coming up this Sunday, then the Saints go to the Bears the following week, and the game I have marked on my calendar in the next three weeks. Saints and Bucks, uh, November eighth, Sunday night football, and so the Bucks they play the the Raiders and the Giants. So potentially they could be six and two going into <clears throat> the Saints. I want to see how the Saints play against the Bears in two weeks. So this this game in three weeks could be huge. It could be monumental. Saints could be five and two. Bucks could be six and two going into a huge swing game. So I think I really want to play the Bucks to play the Saints because I think we're karma's a bitch and they think they had the Bucks's number in Week One. But the Bucs kind of imploded on themselves in that week one game. Penalties, turnovers, same thing that happened against Chicago. I think that was a wake-up call for that Tampa team saying, hey, if we, if we blow up on ourselves, offensive line was crap, you, you have that many penalties in the game, you're not going to win. Turned the ship around against Green Bay, had no penalties, and they played the perfect game, and look what happened, 38-10 win for Tampa. I think it's going to be a nail-biter to the end for this division. It's going to come in the last two weeks if if things go according to plan for both New Orleans and Tampa. But I'm not confident to say who's going to win. I think Tampa right now has the edge, but it's going to be a nail biter. I, I really don't know who's going to win. Um, I hate to say I don't want to pick my own team, so um, it's going to be really close. I think the the Panthers will be right up there with the wild card spot too. Like CJ just said, um, they're they're a team that can can really be a thorn in team side. Teddy Bridgewater, if he doesn't turn the ball over puts his team in a good enough spot to win games. They had ample opportunities to win last week against who did they play Chicago, right? They played Chicago. Last week. Yeah. Had, had two chances at the end of the game, turn the ball over twice. So they're still a team to be uh, a thought for a team in the back of their head. So going to be really close. I, but right now I'll give the edge to the bucks for the division. That'll be my pick.
All right. Hey, he's going a little off his superstition there, picking the bucks, but uh, Hey, you know, I'm getting really tired of your teams though, Steve, because you got the bucks winning right now and you got the rays in the world series and the lightning just won. It's getting a little tiresome. I'm not, I don't like this Tampa stuff, but uh, audio, I'll just get it out there. He said before the season, uh, he, he wants to, he says he wants to get it out there. He picked the bucks for the division before the season. He said, quote me on saying TB 12 is the goat and dominated a fraud on Sunday. So that's what he wanted to uh, get out there to the world uh, for this week. So we'll take a look at the actually probably the most interesting division in the NFC, the West. This has got three team, actually four teams in there. You could all make arguments, realistic arguments that they can make the playoffs. I think the one we know for sure is Seattle. They're going to win the division. Don't really need to talk about them this week because they had a bye week, not much new to add with them. But you look at the Cardinals. They just blew out the Cowboys. Now, you look at their schedule. They're going to have a little bit of a tough road up ahead. So they get Seattle this week, probably a loss. Then Buffalo. Then Seattle again. Uh, They get the Dolphins actually a few weeks before that. Then they get the Patriots, the Rams, Giants probably win, Eagles, Niners. So I think just because Arizona is inexperienced, because they're going to have to play all those teams in the division, I think they're going to kind of go down a little bit. And to me, it's between the Rams and the Niners for that second place spot. I was going with the Rams pretty early. I know they have two straight L's. And, oh, wait, I I just clicked on the wrong schedule. Sorry about that. They have two straight L's. They lost to the 49ers this week. And then, oh, no, they don't have two straight L's. That's my bad. So they don't have two straight L's. They just have two L's on the season. So they play the Bears this week on Monday Night Football. That's going to be a telling game against a good defense. They are home. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Rams win that game. But then they get Miami, Seattle, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Arizona, New England, Jets, Seahawks, again, Cardinals. So, again, these teams are really going to beat up on each other just because they're in the same division. So hard to make a prediction. But I just think because they have the better record over San Francisco right now and because of some of the other problems that San Francisco has, one of them being Jimmy G, he can't throw. I mean, let's just be honest. He's not a good quarterback. And they're very injured right now. So I just think the Rams are healthier. They have the advantage being a game up, and they'll end up being second place in that division. How do you guys think that NFC West is going to pan out? Um, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I would say this. You can never underestimate the 49ers' coaching staff. I think they're one of the best yep. coach teams in the league. Um, Raheem Mostert is now injured again. Uh, so Oof. if you're a Jarek McKinnon owner or if you're in a – not as deep league and McKinnon is available, go ahead, grab him immediately. Um, look, I you knew that the um, you knew that the 49ers were going to come out this week and they were going to show some positive uh, progression. Uh, like there's there's like a rule I'm forgetting in the NFL. Like there's like a there's there's kind of like a betters um, handbook and 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 kind of like saying and. And, you know, when a team like the 49ers, who are actually a good football team, just get their asses handed to them by a Dolphins team that they didn't really expect to come in and smash them in the mouth the following week, they're not going to let it happen again. And they didn't. They exposed the Rams. And I think that the Rams um, have their work really cut out for them uh, in this division going forward. Aaron Donald looked like nothing last night. I wouldn't say that the 49ers' offense is by any means with even with even in the realm of a top 10, like offense in terms of a roster. No. The Niners came out and just, they outcoached. They had, they had a better scheme. They had a better plan than Sean McVay did with the Rams. Can't count that out. Um, 
I'm going to go with this. I'll go Seahawks Rams as the one, two, but I think the Niners will be right there at the end for that third wild card spot. If at the least, and they're, they're dealing with some injury problems, but I think the team after that win against the Rams is going to hit some, hit, hit a little bit of a stride and maybe the Rams, the Rams kind of fall off here. Um, not fall off big time, but you know, they only win one out of their next three games, maybe three out of their next five or six. And, and they, they they really keep the door open uh, for a 49ers team to come in. Uh, the Seahawks have this, this, this uh, division down pat. And I agree. The Cardinals are a little bit in, inexperienced. They're, they're still the little brother in this division to the other teams. Um, and they have to play them all again, all again, like you said, and those could be all three losses. I mean, you play the 49ers, the Rams and the Seahawks. I mean, you very well can lose all three of those games, no matter what team you are in this league. Um, so I, I would say the the Cardinals will be at the bottom there. And I don't necessarily, Oh, the Cardinals, the NFC West got paired up with the AFC East this year. So the Cardinals will have some, uh, get to play the jets. Um, so you can chalk that up as a dub, but um, yeah, I don't doubt that, that division is really difficult, but I'll go Seahawks, Rams, Niners, Cardinals, um, yeah, that, that's just it could go any way for that second spot, though. Yeah, and you're right about yeah. that Jet game. They uh, they did beat the Jets uh, earlier this year, so they did get that dub. Uh, but what what are you? Oh yeah, that's right. They already played them. Never mind. Yeah, I think this week is a, it's a huge week for the West because I'm looking at these games uh, that are on tap for us. So we got the Seahawks and the Cardinals, some big swing games. Because if the Seahawks end up winning this game and everyone else in the West loses, that gives them a significant margin. They'll be six and zero. And everyone else will be sitting at four and three or worse. So Seahawks Cardinals is a big swing game. 49ers play the Pats on the road. And the Rams go out to play Chicago and the Bears. So I think this is a big week. If if the Seahawks were to get knocked off by the Cardinals, I think it opens the door for for every team in that division. And if if the Seahawks lose and everyone else wins, we we just got we it's it's gonna be pure chaos on on, on everyone's hands. But Seahawks win this week. I think they will end up ultimately running away with the division. Um, but a lot of, like you said, Jacob, they're, they're going to be beating each other up. We got Seahawks and Cardinals, I think, two times in the next four weeks. The Rams will be playing the Seahawks. So it's going to be a, a melee. It's going to – who's going to come out of the that that gauntlet on top and, and, and lose one game out of that whole stretch. So I like the Seahawks, what they're doing. I don't see anyone being able to beat them. Um, Russell Wilson's doing uh, he's doing a magnificent job I think he, he's my my MVP uh, he's got my vote um, I just think the Rams are too up and down this year they, they come out and look like world beaters one one week and they come out like they did against the 49ers on Sunday night and they look lost they can't move the ball really well defense is kind of suspect and then the 49ers have had their struggles <clears throat> like you said and Jimmy G's up and down he makes great throws then throws a duck, throws picks and two, two or three picks in a game. So I really think right now the Seahawks are the best team in that division. Cardinals are on the right track, but the inexperience and the youth of that team um, will ultimately be their demise, I think, for this year alone. But they are, they're going to be a team that if they keep building up, they're going to be a team uh, in the next couple of years that is going to be talented. Kyler Murray is – that guy's lightning. After watching him last night, he has two guys – on his tail and he leaves him in the dust. So um, they got Kenyon Drake back there in the backfield. That team's going to be legit for, for, uh, for years to come. So but right now it's going to be Seahawks in the one spot. 
And then I got the Rams taking a second spot just because I think they have enough talent to get to that um, wild card and finish second place there. So, yeah, I mean, we're, uh, we're, it's, it's tight in there, but we all seem to kind of be on the same path there. This kind of way that it might play out. So really quickly, I wanted to mention college football. There were big games this weekend, the Texas A&M game. They beat Mississippi state 28, 14. The reason why I want to bring up A&M is because I think that outside of Georgia and Florida, they could actually kind of sneak in here and maybe make that college football playoff because if Florida loses again, that's two losses. I I think Georgia, I think ultimately Georgia keeps winning, but if Georgia does lose again and A&M wins out, which I think they can, A&M can get in that final four. I really think they can. And then you look at the uh, other game, Georgia Bama this weekend, Bama blew the doors off Georgia 41, 24, Bama's probably the best team in the country, them and Clemson, obviously, and we'll see what Ohio State can do. But real quick, uh, what do you guys think is going to happen in the SEC? And now the Big Ten's back this weekend, so how are we looking well, at that? I will tell you right now that um, that A&M can't make the top four. They literally cannot make the top four, and here's why. The SEC championship game is always, like, the biggest game of the year for that um, – for that college football playoff ranking thing, because the, the the Georgia Bulldogs are always there, and the Gators this year they they have the annual matchup against the against the Dogs. So whoever wins that matchup is going to go to the SEC championship game, and then now you have whoever True. playing Bama, and then Texas A&M doesn't play in that game. They'll be fringe if they win out. Texas A&M has to True. win out, and I don't know the rest of their schedule, but. I don't think it's possible for them to get in the SEC championship. They're in the they're in the SEC division with the, with the Crimson Tide. So Crimson Tide will get that exposure in the SEC championship game, even if the Tide lose. I still see the Tide being number four on that um, that uh, top four. So that's what I'm saying about that. Uh, I will take Ohio State in that. I think it'll be Clemson, Ohio State, Bama, and then the fourth. Right. We'll see after that, Steve. Uh... Yeah, I, I agree. I, I I'm looking at this AM schedule. I just think. They're talented enough, but I think there's a slip-up game somewhere where if it's LSU, Auburn, last game of the year, there's some trap games in there. I just don't see A&M uh, winning out, so I don't think they'll make the top four. Um, but along in college football news, FSU wins. I'll give them a little shout-out real quick. They found their quarterback, Jordan Travis, knocked off top five North Carolina. A great win for that program back on track. But the top four, I think, is pretty much set. We got, I think it's going to be Clemson, Alabama. Uh, George is going to sneak in, and I like Ohio State. I don't see anyone beating them throughout this year. Penn State lost their running back this morning, so that'll be my top four. Ooh, not good. Not good. Yeah, they face second game of the season, Ohio State, Penn State. So that'll be it for this episode of Strictly Sports. If you want to hear Steve and I talk about the World Series, go to Strictly Baseball uploading later today. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and all five of our podcasts on there on Twitter at Strictly Sports P and on Instagram and Facebook at Strictly Sports Productions. For CJ Yuri, Steve Akashian, I'm Jacob Brown, and we will see you next time.